me again. Um, so, in the Bhagavatam class, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Today we will begin with the Prabhupada's Bhagavatam, uh, first canto, chapter two, text nineteen. Tadara Jastamu Bhavam Kamalu Vadyascha Jaita Eitar Anavitam Stitam Sate Prasidati. So the first word here is tada, then, at that time. So obviously we have to look back to the previous verse to see what time we're talking about here. Because the previous verse said something happens, and then this happens. So the previous verse said, uh, When, for uh, for those whose... Um, Abhadras, just bad things, just everything in your life that's not good in terms of your personal character, your consciousness, your situation, everything in your life that's not good, that's Abhadra. So when all these things are almost completely destroyed by regularly, steadily serving uh, the Bhagavata, which can mean the book or the person, Bhagavati Uttama Shloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naishtiki, then there is uh firm unwavering bhakti devotion it arises unto the lord uttama sloka it was described by the best verses so that's what's just happened to you uh by steadily serving nityam bhagavata sevaya by steadily serving the bhagavatam the devotees uh, your the bad things in your life have been almost completely removed. So tada, then so then what happens? Tada rajastamu bhava kamalabo kamalu navitam. Then your consciousness will not be literally like penetrated by, or your consciousness will not be pierced by. Um, the literally states, the states of being or the conditions of passion and ignorance, rajastamo, passion and ignorance, bhava. Bhava means a state of being, a condition, can be a mental state. So your, your existence, your, your mental state uh, will not be affected, will not be penetrated by uh, passion and ignorance. So uh, what's so important about that? Because the conditions, the symptoms, the the states of passion and ignorance are kamalovadaya. They are lust and greed, etc. So as we know, anyone that's not a, well, I don't want to, I was going to say anyone that's not a teenager, but uh, that may be taken as a criticism of teenagers. But let's say anyone who has any life experience, even many teenagers actually, knows very well that lust is not going to make us happy. It's just the only 
possible result of lust and uh, trying to enjoy sex and selfish desire, the only possible result is suffering. And if someone doesn't know that, they just haven't lived long enough or they're not paying attention. So Kama, Loba, and greed. I mean, greed is, these are states of disturbance. And let's say someone is greedy for a lot of money, then as soon as you get the money, then greed is replaced by fear because everyone on earth is trying to take your money away and you may lose it, you may die. So it's just, it's this horrible, anxiety-ridden, miserable state. It's, uh, again, if, if someone just has enough life experience or if they just pay attention to what's going on in the world, you know that lust and greed, etc. because lust and greed are just the prominent members. There's envy and jealousy and depression, and there's all kinds of miserable mental states, and all of them come from the modes of passion and ignorance. So uh, then, by your steady, by your devoted service, uh, all, all these things have been almost completely destroyed within you, and your consciousness is no longer affected by these lower modes, and then sthitam satve, then your consciousness is situated in goodness and precedity. And it, um, the word precedity is interesting, it's a verb, but it's the same, from the same root as the word prasadam. You know, we say prasada like the food we eat is prasada, offered food. The word prasada actually means grace or mercy, and, and it also means the state of mind that comes from grace, from being blessed, such as happiness or peace. <clears throat> because the symptom of a person who has been blessed or has received grace uh, is that they're peaceful and happy. Those are blessings. So, so here's the verb, precedity, which means that one becomes graced, one becomes happy, one receives the mercy. And so stethans, and what's interesting here, uh, it said, Sthitam Satoi, situated in goodness. This is important because there's, I think there's a common misconception in the Hare Krishna movement and in the, uh, among those who associate with the Hare Krishna movement. There's a common misunderstanding among quite a few that um, a devotee has all good qualities and non-devotees can have no good qualities. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. It's, um, okay, the Bhagavatam doesn't actually say that. That's not actually what Shastra says. Uh, what Shastra actually says about this is, as I've explained many times, one who has pure devotion for the Lord, literally. One who has pure devotion for the Lord, uh, develops basically all the good qualities of the uh, godly beings, devas. Sarvaya-gunaya-stata-samasate-sura-harava-bhaktasya, one who has, does not have devotion for the Lord, harava-bhaktasya, kuto-mahad-guna, uh, which means, it's a rhetorical question, that how can that person have the qualities of great souls, in other words, pure devotees, the ones who are just mentioned in the first part of the verse, those who have pure devotion for the Lord. So what this verse says is that those who do not have devotion for the Lord uh, cannot have the good qualities of pure devotees. No big surprise there. 
because such a person is simply running around in the material energy on the literally on the car of the mind so the reason i mention this is because i know when i was a young member of the Hare christian movement or younger i should say still young actually you know what 70 years compared to eternal life it's just a baby so um I remember thinking for many years that uh, there are two completely different things. There's a material mode of goodness, which is kind of Maya and keeps you away from Krishna. And then there's Krishna consciousness. So that I remember when I was a young member of ISKCON, every Sunday we put on plays at the Sunday festival. I don't say Sunday feast because every other spiritual group actually has a spiritual activity on Sunday. We just advertise eating. I don't know. I think there's we can have a little more dignity and call it a festival, which implies there could be something besides sitting around a table like a bunch of Vikings and just, you know, feasting. Anyway, that's just uh, my personal view. So I remember we'd have these plays every Sunday and almost every Sunday there'd be the Bogi Yogi. In other words, the Hatha Yoga teacher. Now, of course, the devotees are the Hatha Yoga teachers. Times have changed, but that's fine. No problem. But uh, we definitely had this view that those who were just, let's say, vegan, or, or well, there are no vegans then, but those who are vegetarian or just cultivating the mode of goodness, practicing yoga, they completely missed the boat, completely missed the boat because they didn't understand Krishna consciousness. And, I mean, there's some truth in that. There's some truth in that. However, um, the mode of goodness, the material mode of goodness and spiritual platform are not so far apart actually they're not so far apart that's why uh the stands in our standard jargon to say the spiritual platform uh we say shuddha sattva or vishuddha sattva which literally means uh purified goodness so if you take material goodness it is goodness there's only one thing called goodness and here, and the reason I mention is because here the Bhagavatam says Stitang Satwe, so situated in goodness. It doesn't say situated in spiritual goodness as opposed to material goodness. There's only one thing, which is sattva. And the word sattva, sat, you know, sat, like satsanga, sat means being in the sense of pure being, eternal being, spiritual being, spiritual existence. And twa means the state of. So sattva literally means the state of pure existence. That's what sattva literally means. So material goodness um, is still infected. There are still trace amounts of passion and ignorance. I remember one time I went to India and got dysentery and all that. Actually, it happened almost every time I ever went to India. I think there were one or two times it didn't happen. But anyway, so I went to India and I had all this dysentery and so on. So I was given these antibiotics and, and the symptoms went away. I didn't feel like I was more dead than alive. So I took these pills, but then I made a mistake. I didn't understand that even though the symptoms are gone, you have to keep taking the pills until the symptoms are completely gone. So I stopped taking the pills, flew back to New York. I remember I had lunch with Satsurupa Maharaj. And in the middle of the lunch, I, I thought, uh-oh, I don't feel good. And, you know, one of those experiences, any of you ever had these, this where you uh, you lose about five pounds and 45 seconds in the bathroom? Sorry, I don't want to be gross here, but uh, 
And then I realized you've got to keep taking the pill. So, so material goodness is something like that. It is goodness, but there are still the, there's still trace amounts of passion and ignorance. And that's why the modes keep turning, like one mode replaces the other. You may be in goodness, then if you live long enough, this life, the next life, passion, ignorance. Why? Because the seeds, the germs, the, the, the other modes are still there. So precisely because in the material mode of goodness, there are trace amounts of the other modes that eventually will grow. Therefore, it's not pure spiritual platform. However, when you get rid of those uh, infections, when you get rid of the passion and ignorance, so it's just pure goodness, then it's called Shuddha Sattva, or the spiritual platform. In fact, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita uh, that um, Tasmat Sattum Nirmalatvat Prakasha Kamanamiyam. He says that because the material Sattva Guna is relatively free of impurity, Nirmala, Nirmala means dirt, impurity, like Bhagavatam's called the Amala Purana. So Nirmalatvat, because of its being free of impurity, the material mode of goodness, relatively speaking, Prakashakam, it's enlightening. Krishna says, it's right there in the Gita, that the material mode of goodness is Prakashakam, literally enlightening. And uh, Prakashakam Anamayam, and it, it, it's free of the, of the suffering of ordinary life, ordinary life, but Sukhasangena Badnati, the mode of goodness binds us by Sukha Sangena, attachment to the happiness it produces. Krishna explains in the Gita that the mode of goodness, material mode of goodness, makes you happy. And, but then you become attached to that happiness. And that attachment is passion, of course. And so as soon as you become attached to the happiness of goodness, you're already starting to work your way back down to a lower mode. And then Jnana Sangena also, in the mode of goodness, there's a certain wisdom, like give peace a chance, and all you need is love, and uh, we shouldn't eat animals. And so there's a certain wisdom. There's a certain wisdom. Krishna says in the Gita 1820 that in the material mode of goodness, you see the oneness of all living beings. You don't literally see the souls, but, you know, maybe you advocate animal rights, you're a vegan, and, and so on and so forth and you know make love not war all that so but the problem is that in the material mode of goodness because we're not completely free from the lower modes we become attached to the happiness and wisdom that it produces the mode of goodness produces however apart from those attachments the mode of goodness is goodness and when it becomes purified of all those lower modes it's called suddha sattva but I mention all this for a reason, and that is that um, the material mode of goodness is not radically different. I mean, it's not like a completely different thing than Krishna consciousness. It's basically just Krishna consciousness with certain uh, fundamental impurities that have to be removed. When they are removed, it's Krishna consciousness. So therefore, a person who is predominantly in the mode of goodness will have many good qualities. Will have many good qualities. And it's not true that those who aren't devotees have no good qualities. They do. They obviously do. In fact, we know. I mean, anyone that's been in the Hare Krishna movement more than three weeks knows that there are some people who are not members of the Hare Krishna movement who are actually, in many ways, nicer than some people you've met in the Hare Krishna movement. 
you know, let's speak the truth here. So that is because someone who thinks that um, because I'm a devotee, I have all good qualities, when in fact the person may be a real jerk. I mean, no offense to anyone, but, you know, I think someone has to just speak the truth. So we know that. We know people, even devotees who have been in the movement a long time, they're just not nice people. They don't treat other people nicely, and or they're, they're, they, you know, feel they have all this power over other people. So, I mean, we've all seen that. I think it's actually healthy for the Hare Krishna movement to say that in order for you to be respected as a good person, it's not enough that you, you know, put on a dhoti and tea lock or sorry, you actually have to be a good person. I think some people think that, well, I'm automatically a good person so I can mistreat everyone because I'm still a good person because I'm a devotee. I know sometimes in other religions, they actually emphasize, they emphasize actually being a good person. In other words, not just belonging to their church as if, if you do belong, you're a good person. But you, you really have to be nice to other people. And if we emphasize that if you belong to our institution, you are a good person, I think a lot of people don't bother actually being good people. So I mentioned all this. In, in this verse, it said, Tada Rajasthamo Bhava, comma, in the mode of passion, there is lust and uh, there's greed, and it's pretty miserable. It's, it's just, it's a pretty miserable, crazy life. But in the mode of goodness, that's what it says here. When your mind is situated in goodness, then it becomes satisfied. And of course, here, ultimately, goodness is going to be pure goodness in Krishna consciousness. So the next verse says, Evam prasanna manaso. Remember the last verse said, uh, what was it that? Stitan satwe prasidati. That the soul is prasidati, that verb from the word prasada, that the soul is satisfied, is pleased, uh, becomes blessed. And so here the same word is used again, prasanna. Prasanna, again, is, is another form of the same word. Prasada, prasidati, prasanna. It's all the same word in different forms. Here we have past passive participle. I won't talk about that so that people who don't like so much grammar won't uh, become unhappy. So, even prasanna manaso. So, one whose mind has become prasanna. In other words, blessed. One whose mind has received prasada, has received grace, has received this mercy. Bhagavad Bhakti Yogataha by uh, devotional spiritual practice, Bhakti Yoga unto the Lord. Bhagavad Bhakti Yogataha. At that time, Bhagavad Tattva Vijnana Mukta Sangasya Jayate, because the person, that devotee, has become free of material attachment, the truth. Uh, or, or realization of the truth of the Lord arises. So why do people give up Krishna consciousness or distance themselves from Krishna or become slack in their spiritual practice? Why do we do that? Um, it's because of ignorance, really. It's because of ignorance. I can't imagine what other possible reason that could be. So, because if you see the truth, why would you reject the truth if you see it, when the truth is so much more beautiful than untruth, than, than the lie, or than illusion? There's this old philosophical question. 
that uh, of truth and beauty, Prabhupada talks about it, uh, is the truth beautiful? Or when you finally, just like there was, there's a class of philosophers, the pessimists or the, you know, certain uh, so-called philosophers who think that the reason we smoke so many cigarettes and the reason we're miserable is because we know the truth. And the truth is ugly. The truth is that we are trapped in this universe that doesn't care about us, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the real fact is they don't care about God and therefore, you know, it comes back to them. They feel uncared for. So um, is the truth beautiful or is the truth depressing? Are, you know, do some people, uh, you know, smoke a lot of cigarettes and get drunk every night because they know the truth and it's so hard to face? Or do they do that because they're ignorant? Well, actually the truth uh, is beautiful. So you could say, is the truth beautiful or is, is beauty true? When you see something beautiful, for example, you may meet someone you think is a very beautiful person and someone else may say, oh, there's no real love. You know, you just think that that person's really not. If that happens sometimes, someone accepts, let's say, uh, decides, or let's say someone is inspired by another devotee and you want to accept that devotee as a teacher, either formal guru or informal whatever but you or you meet someone maybe you you know want to get married and you meet someone you think this is a beautiful person i'd like to share my life with this person and then of course there are always people who will say no it's just you know there's no real happiness in this world there's no real love in this world there's no god there's no higher truth and uh so therefore is when you see something beautiful is it true and of course the answer is yes, because God is all infinitely beautiful. So Bhagavad Tattva Vijnana, realization, realized knowledge of the truth of the Lord, uh, for one who has become free of material attachment, a jayate, it, it literally takes birth, it arises. So there's all these benefits, there's all these, all these rewards uh, from taking for taking Krishna consciousness seriously. And then at that point, all these verses are they're kind of like a paragraph. In the Gita, the knot of the heart is pierced and it's cut. Uh, it's like if there's a knot, let's say like someone's tied up, they're a hostage, you know, a hostage situation, and you're tied up. And let's say the people who captured you went off somewhere so if you could just untie the knots, you could, you could escape. So cutting the knots that are binding you is a big deal. It's... It's, a, it's very important. If, if you are a prisoner, if you are tied up, and if you can find some way to cut the knot, that's a very important thing. So here it said, the knot of the heart, because, because until, we, until we cut this knot of the heart, if, if, if our heart is in the wrong place, if our heart is all tied up in bad things, then we're stuck. Your intelligence doesn't help you. We just, we just get stuck. Chidyante sarva sangshayaha. And the, uh, all our doubts are cut. Because after all, why do we engage in sinful activity? Because we're afraid that if we don't, won't be, won't, we won't be happy. Like, okay, I could just be a nice devotee and chant Hare Krishna and serve, but without that sense gratification, uh, I won't be happy. My life won't be complete. And so that's a doubt. It's a doubt whether I can be completely happy in Krishna consciousness. And then Chiyante Chasya Karmani. 
and then uh, all of our karma is destroyed. All those, all those tendencies from past lives that drive us, you know, bad habits cultivated for many lives, that karma is destroyed. And just and all this happens when you see, it says here, the soul, Atmani, when the soul is seen literally as the Lord. Now this can mean seeing Krishna as the Lord. It can also mean seeing that in your whole psychophysical apparatus you've got going on, your body, your mind, your intelligence, just, you know, the whole package, that the real Lord is the soul. It's the soul, not your body, uh, not the body that, you know, eats too much, not the body that wants sex satisfaction, not the body that wants other people to admire your body. None of that. None of those people are actually in charge. The real person, the real Lord is the pure soul. And so when, when you see that, when we see that, then uh, all the knots of the heart are cut off. Uh, all our doubts are destroyed uh, along with all of our past karma when we understand that it is the soul, our self and Krishna, those, the, the souls that are really important. So uh, thank you all very much. That is uh, my Sunday sermon. So let me see very quickly if anyone, uh, as I said, if you ask a question on Facebook, you gotta put a lot of question marks so when I scroll through it, I will see it, but, um, no. Okay. So thank you all very much. And I hope to see you next Sunday. Hare Krishna.